I'm Anna. And I'm Zoe. Welcome to That Christian Podcast. Hello! Oh no, I did that stupid hello again. Hello! I hate that hello. Anna or Matthew and Hayden always laugh at us because when we pass on we do the exact same hi. Wait, I didn't hear a word you said there. Zoe is going to rephrase her sentence and make it eligible to the English language. So, do you want to rephrase um, what you said? So, when we are on a walk together, the four of us, myself, Anna, and our husbands, um, they realise that we do the exact same hi when people pass us. Like, hi! 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 Mum does it as well, Yeah, mum does it as well. Um, We've definitely been trained to go, Hi! Hi! <laughs> And at least anyone can understand what high means. <laughs> well, you don't have to say a full sentence that all merges in together. When we pass on a walk. <laughs> so, I promise we've not been drinking anything other than coffee. Um, 4.30 in the afternoon. Um, we had a nice lunch out together. Zoe was preaching today. It's 4.30 in the afternoon. It's 2.30. Anyway, yeah, so I was preaching today at um, Fawburn Church of Scotland. Um, my friend Jamie is local there, so he got me along to preach there for them um, since he was away. And it was actually so lovely. We just, well, Anna and Matthew came with me and we had such a great time. They were just so friendly and lovely and welcoming. It's definitely... Funny going back into a Church of Scotland setting and it's very much like, stand up for the hymn, yeah. sit down, stand up for another hymn, but sit down. we were saying like some of it, as much as it's probably yeah. not our style, like some of it we really miss, like the uh-huh. being intentional with like prayers of intercession or doing the Lord's Prayer, um, like we were saying sometimes like you miss that because more modern churches are so keen to get away from the traditional yeah. stuff that you then actually lose the stuff that genuinely is really good. But I think that there are definitely things that I... I actually think... I know I'm laughing about the stand up, sit down every... Like, yeah. constantly for the songs. But I actually think, in terms of how this... Like, the elements to the service, I actually think yeah. they're all... Like, I really like the call to worship. I think it yeah. sets you in a good place. Yeah. I like that... So that would be, like, the sort of thing... Like, a well, passage like the, from the Bible. The preacher and, will say something, and then the... Um, congregation respond with part of it i think that's a really good way of like getting into the zone getting into the mindset of church yeah then again like i think the prayer of intercession is great i think the lord's prayer is really powerful and really good yeah i like the benediction i actually like all the elements basically we're church of scotland people at heart well well not quite but I think, we're, yeah, probably being brought up in that as well. I suppose what we, we know, and as much as we love the modern stuff and the church that we go to, like, it's sometimes nice to think about the things that um, are done in churches that are more traditional. I think what we were speaking about is, like, in church settings, there's tradition for, like, the sake of being traditional yeah. and for the sake of we are do this because we've always done it. And there's being traditional, but it's actually really valuable. So, for instance, these elements, like... Um, the Lord's Prayer. There's a reason that we do it all the time. So we've just um, paused for like 10 minutes because we were originally going to speak on something different, but we actually thought this kind of what we've just been speaking about with the sort of going to a more traditional church service and thinking about the things that we like from it. And um, it would be quite interesting to just talk about worship in church and the whole like traditional slash modern styles. 
I know, we've totally kind of done a U-turn because actually the topics we were going to speak about, we'll do them in the next couple of episodes. But I think we were just saying there's a lot that you can take from, like, from both, I suppose on the church spectrum, a lot of people think like, oh, I either go to a traditional church or I go to a modern church. And it's almost like, I think sometimes it can feel like there's a right or wrong way to do yeah. things. And, or like a young and old way to yeah, do things. Or like, ju- yeah, just like almost putting things into brackets and yeah. <laughs> label, like, label yeah, it. Oh, but yeah. like, you kind of label hymns as like traditional sort of style of church and you yeah. label like um, drums and electric guitars and worship band as like a modern church. But actually like, it doesn't mean that there's one way that's better or worse. Yeah. And I think both styles of church can learn from each other. So yeah. I just kind of wanted to have a chat about these different things. And I guess talk about what we've been reflecting on today about missing some things that a Church of Scotland does. Um, but that's not to say we're criticising a church for not doing that. And equally, like, there's things that we really love in our more, tra- like, more of what would be seen as a modern church. Well, I don't even think that... It's funny because you don't want to say like modern church because actually I think there's a lot of things that wouldn't... A more charismatic church is probably the word. Yeah, that's probably Um, the word. Yeah. So we were saying, because I think what we were saying about is, so the hymns that we were singing today, what was there, three psalms? Yeah. Someone was very happy that you chose three psalms. So I went through the, it's a CH4 hymn book, which is a very, very old fashioned hymn book. So I didn't know a lot of them. So I thought CH4 was like the new one. No, Anna, it's not the new one. (laughs) I think it's like, yeah. But anyway, I just went through and chose the ones that I knew. And apparently most of them were Sam's. So a guy came off the end, he was like, thank you. Thank you for choosing three Sam's. And this is why the church has failed. This is the mistake. The mistake the church has made in the last 50 years is not singing enough Sam's. Fair enough. However... It kind of got us talking about, like, actually, do you know what? Some of the words in the Psalms and the old hymns are actually so good. Yeah. But I think it's all about... Because what we were saying about modern hymns is that you can understand them a lot easier. Like, yeah. when we don't understand the kind of old English language, it's much harder to know what you're singing. Because I do think I sang doth a lot of times <laughs> today and I don't actually know what doth... What's doth mean? Do? There was a lot of doths. A lot of doths. But see, for I think that like some of these old English words can actually make it a little bit more inaccessible at times yes. for people. Coming and actually, like I mean, it's not authentic to the Bible Hebrew language either. <laughs> so it's, it's it's just old English, isn't it? But I do think that sometimes it can be more inaccessible for people who haven't got a church background, maybe. Yeah. And they're coming in and thinking, "What on earth are we singing?" Yeah. So that's where some of the more, like, typically modern hymns can be a bit easier to get into and understand what you're actually singing about. However, that being said, some of the old traditional hymns have really powerful words. Yeah. I think also, like, often, um, I'm not meaning this as, like, a generalisation, but I think a lot of the time the older hymns are much more grounded in the Bible, Mm. um, which I think... I do think it's done in modern hymns, but it is more so older hymns will be like psalms or actual scripture just put to music, which there's something powerful about that. And I think that you can't, like, I suppose that's the thing with more modern ones. There's such a big variety because you've got some of the songs that do come across as quite me, me, me. (laughs) Me, 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 Jesus, my boyfriend. But then there are some modern ones that are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know In Christ Alone and How Deep the Father's Love From Us, they're not... 
I suppose they would be seen as slightly more modern now. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more modern now. But, like, they're rooted in the Bible and have some really powerful words yeah. in them as well. I think, again, like, with this, you can learn from both. Like, it's good yeah. to have a mix, isn't it? Like, it's good to have some old-fashioned tunes, but it's also good to have the more modern ones. You don't... Like, why... Like, why do you need to ascribe to one over the other, I guess? Yeah, and I guess that's what we're saying about, like, almost, like, categorise. I think when I was saying labels earlier, it was more, like, ca- ca- yeah. categorising. That's probably the word. And actually, it's really nice to get them in. See, what I really liked in Seton is the couple of times that we've done some of, like, a couple of the older hymns a cappella. Yes, like, proper free church song singing. <laughs> but um, it's, like, actually... It's powerful. I think it, like, strips everything back just to the words that you're singing. Yeah, like, it's not so much... I'm not saying it's about the performance, but it, like, in yeah. normally it's not about the performance, but it does then completely not become about how well you're playing or um, if everyone's kind of doing the same thing. It's just beautiful I, and natural. I think because it's, like, everyone's voice is in unity, you only hear yes. as well... You're hearing a community oh, of voices. We love a community. <laughs> um... But yeah, the other thing that we were talking about, like speaking about the community side of things, is at the beginning of a service, doing the call to worship. Yeah, and I think that that, I can see, well I think, I I suppose there's different levels because I can see how in some ways it could come across as a bit intimidating maybe. So the call to, did we explain what the call to worship was? Go on. I can't remember if we explained this, but basically the call to worship, yeah we did, when like, the preacher will come up and say something and the congregation will respond with a line. Or even just like, well, you know in Rehope in Glasgow, how at the start they oh, all yeah. say that verse, what is it, like, um, Yahweh, Yahweh is our God. God, like, love, the, love Yahweh with all our heart, yeah. mind and soul. Like, they all say that as yeah. a congregation together. Yeah. And then some churches would do the call to worship just, like, the minister or the pastor yeah. speaking out. Yeah. So I suppose there's different ways to do it. We like that as well. We like that. We're basically just analysing what we like about it. <laughs> what we like about church, what we this don't like. This is what like. you should do and this is what you shouldn't do. But no. that's exactly what we're not yeah, saying. we're not. We're just... But we... No. <laughs> we're not... No, we're not saying that at all. We're just kind of talking about these different aspects and what we think, I guess. And we're not necessarily right about this. Like... There'll be people who, like, hate... A call to worship. No, well, I don't know why you would hate a call to worship. Well, are we call to worship? If you hate a call to worship, that's a little bit extreme, probably. There's yeah. probably people who feel neutral about it. Yeah. And don't care either way. Yeah. But I quite like it. Yeah. And I do wonder if, like, part of the reason that um, a lot of churches don't do it is, again, because it's, like, it has connotations of a slightly more traditional way of doing stuff. Because um, does that come into, like, the lit... Is it... What's it? Liturgy? Liturgy. So there's, like, different opinions on kind of exactly what liturgy, mean, liturg- liturgy means basically it's like how we worship and the way we would have a worship service so like in any church like you'd have that so in church of scotland or like um anglican churches or whatever you'd have the more like we do this 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 and this but then that's not to say like in seton our liturgy would look slightly different it would be like praying before the service and oh, then like okay. the minister standing up and doing this and then having like music and then having a Bible reading so, it's just the pattern I, okay. in which we do things I thought liturgy was like when you've got all the set prayers that so that is speaking in unison that is like it kind of ties into that as well because okay. that would be like you'd have your liturgy that you would follow for that specific week or whatever so is that where sometimes like the call to worship would kind of come into that yeah. liturgy yeah context yes 
And is liturgy a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think? Well, if all of us do it, like if it's the pattern of worship that all of us do, I think it's good. But I suppose it then becomes very rigid in some... Is the balance between like doing it for... Because it's like what we've always done and it's tradition and we can't change. And it's like the religion, the the religion of keeping it the same. Yeah. But also the balance of like doing it because there's a reason for it and like it helps people come and worship God. Is that? Yeah. Um, but then there's also, there's a whole conversation on liturgy and autism, which oh. I think we've asked um, my uni supervisor to come on and speak in the podcast in September at some point. Oh, really? But um, yeah, he might actually touch a bit on liturgy and autism, so we can revisit all Give that. us a quick snippet, a wee overview though. We're basically talking about how autistic people, liturgy and a more like structured way of worship can actually be much, um, much better, much more enjoyable because oh, okay. there's nothing unpredictable. Um, right. like you know that this is coming then this is coming then this is coming um, so for a lot of people that can be very helpful probably to be fair most churches and most church services that are like in a protestant mm-hmm. denomination is that the right word? protestant denomination? yeah yeah, and and I suppose just Christian services in general would have liturgy to a certain extent. If yeah, I mean I guess it's like the organised. Well, this is the thing. It's like we do set things, even if we don't call it liturgy. Yeah, we still have things that we do every week. So even at Seton, even at Seton, the structure of our service would be like a prayer, three or four songs of worship. Yeah, Bible reading, sermon. Yeah, one or two songs of worship, and then a clothes okay, yeah. roughly that and into your coffee after the service. And into your coffee so that's yeah. yeah it might not look as kind of this is what we do but it is still it is right. still liturgy even if you don't want to call it that interesting um, I never yeah. thought like I always associated liturgy with being like it's quite is it quite a catholic um, um yeah it would be more background. like the catholic and anglican sort of right because I guess you in those churches you would have more of the like prayer books that you use Interesting. Um, but yeah. But yeah, the other part of the service, again, this what, is like, not intended to be like an analysis, but the other thing we were chatting about was the Lord's Prayer and how much we love that when it's in a worship service. Yeah, I... Th- See, I suppose we've been brought up doing the Lord's Prayer every week, but I do think it's such a nice prayer, like when you know the meaning of it. Like, I think it's one thing... Remember, like, in school, in primary school, we would have said the Lord's Prayer at assembly. Really? really? No, it was in primary five. In primary five, we said oh. the Lord's Prayer every morning. Oh. One of the teachers. I heard about Mrs. Grant. No, it wasn't oh. Mrs. Grant. It was another one that I had in primary five. And I think every morning we would, like, sing a little Christian song. She must have been a Christian. You definitely could not do that now. No, I don't think you could. Or, like, we'd say the Lord's Prayer. And I think with that, like... You're just saying it for the sake of it. Yeah, you're not... It's just words, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, like, words that you've memorised. But then I think when you really understand the meaning to the words and you understand why you're praying the Lord's Prayer, it can actually be really helpful in a church setting and out with a church setting. Yeah. Um, When we were chatting about this before, the book that came to mind for me was Before Amen by Max Licado. Um, that's the same person as that someone special. We just love Max. I do just love Max. Love Macadro. Love Macadro. Love me some Max Macadro. Um, but it's called Before Amen or Amen. 
Um, the power, Amen, sister. The, the power of a simple prayer. And he basically just goes through the Lord's Prayer. So I read this when I was about 16, so I can't remember the whole content. But I remember finding it so powerful just understanding why Jesus gives us this pattern of prayer. So he talks about like each chapter is based off a different part. So there's the first is the father part. So when we say our father, um, and then the next part is you are good, which is when we say who are in heaven or hallowed be thy name. And then the third, okay, I'm not even gonna try line this up. Basically, father, you are good. I need help, heal me, forgive me. They need help. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And he goes through each of these parts of the Lord's Prayer. It's a fairly short book. It's only like 100 pages. Um, and he just goes through these these different parts of the prayer and why we say them. I think I remember after reading that book, it kind of brought the Lord's Prayer to life a bit more for me because yeah. I knew why we were saying things. And I think as well, like, yeah, the Lord's Prayer is a guide for like a good structure to a prayer yeah. that actually... I'm not saying that there's like a bad structure to other prayers, but it's a good. But it's, it's what good, Jesus tells us. What, what Jesus tells us how we should pray, yeah. and it does like kind of cover the into- important parts of prayer. But I actually think just saying the Lord's Prayer and having that is often good prayer to pray when you don't know what else to pray. Yeah, absolutely. It's just written for you, and it can hold meaning in whatever way. Um, and in a church setting, I, so. At like seating at the church we go to, we don't say the Lord's Prayer every week. Like we would, we did a couple of weeks ago. When I'm in, when I was, <laughs> when I was leading communion, we said the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> Getting your traditional roots in there, but yeah, I actually have to say that's one. We're literally just saying all the things from the Church of Scotland that we miss. But I think the thing is, what we're also saying with that is that not everyone does it right. No church does it perfectly and also this is our preferences not everyone's and I think quite often like when we say the things that we like and the things we wouldn't we would change about a service it actually loses sight of what the point of church is and and actually no church is going to be the perfect church for you and for everyone else at the end of the day because and I actually think if it was the perfect church for you and your little mind and your little bubble you probably wouldn't grow as much because you really need to... I think things like this, you need to actually... It pushes you to form an opinion on these things as well. And I don't... I think the thing is, there's a difference between, like, in a church, there's a difference between maybe, like, wishing that the Lord's Prayer was done every (laughs) week and, like, a church that's maybe really, like, lost sight of the gospel or something. There's differences there between whether that's the right place to be going or not. But when it comes to, like church I do think the most important thing is that you're in a church where you're growing where you're serving when you're being challenged that's biblical of course like that's preaching from the bible and where you've got a church family yeah absolutely and all these things like they aren't what forms a church no but it's interesting to think about them and like as you said form an opinion on these things and why we do them and I do think as well like there's no harm in actually like saying okay, well, why do we not do the Lord's yeah. Prayer every week? I really like that, but why do we not do it? And there will be reasons for that, I'm sure. Like, yeah. There's probably people who have the opinion that the Lord's Prayer almost like feels, I don't know, like feels too intimidating or traditional if people don't know it and it's putting yeah. a barrier. I'm sure people have that kind of opinion. Yeah. And I think that's why like, also it's important if you do have questions like that, oh, why doesn't my church do that? 
don't get annoyed about it or like get frustrated but actually just say like oh like go to like a church leader and say like oh I'm just actually wondering why don't we do this yeah and because it, it defeats the purpose if you're like oh I wish my church did this I wish my church did that are you like but then not yeah. finding out what like and I think as well there's often times that there's probably leaders in the church say I was to come and say like why do we not do a benediction yeah. I really want to do a benediction there's probably times that for instance you're pastor or your church leader is going to say I don't really know like yeah. it's just not something that we've done it's not how our ch- like how the church denomination tends to do yeah. things but it doesn't mean it's we shouldn't start it doesn't mean that it's right or wrong to like yeah do you know what I'm saying yeah. there I guess what we're kind of just trying to chat through is the fact that it shouldn't be traditional versus modern uh-huh. or charismatic versus non-charismatic but actually just like churches do different Hand, things. Hands up versus hands down. Hands up versus hands down. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's different ways churches do things and it's good and um, interesting to reflect on them. And there's always going to, I think that's what's so nice about different churches doing different things that not necessarily any church doing something wrong. Yeah. But we're all different people. God's given us all different preferences, yeah. personalities, likes, dislikes. And yeah. actually it's the important thing is that if we're in a church where we at least we can feel settled in and get involved and in God and part of a church there. family, then I think it's I think it's easy not easier to be a Christian, but easier to be like easier to worship God. Well if it's if you're worshipping God in a way that's more natural to you, yeah, that's then it exactly. brings you closer to God, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and I th- and that's different for everyone. But and like that being said, that takes us into a whole other topic because <laughs> you could also say like I also think in some ways like being in a church that's local to you and in your community mm. also holds a lot of importance. For instance, if there was like a church right on our doorstep that's good and biblical mm. but like maybe quite different, I also think there's merit in being in a church that's part of your community if you agree, if you agree with mm. the like theology that they go with and if you agree with their... I think that takes you into a whole different topic whole of conversation. Topic. Um, yeah. And again, with that, there's not rights or wrongs. Yeah. But honestly, I think, like, this just comes from us really loving our charismatic, modernist church, but also loving the Church of Scotland that we grew up in and loving the aspects of that that have formed us. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say I actually prefer one way of doing things over the other, no. I guess. Like, it's... I think yeah. for both of us, the important thing is that we're somewhere that we can praise God, There's we're somewhere that we can be challenged yeah. every week, and that, yeah, we're growing yeah. in our faith. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I'm very, very different to what we were going to chat on. But... What we were actually going... Well, now, since, it, since you've all been waiting in suspense, <laughs> what we were actually going to chat about was being genuine in person... And then being genuine online. So tune in next week for being genuine on person, which genuine in person. And I hope that's going to be an exciting topic too. I can't wait to chat about that. Yeah. I just love, I just love, I just love podcasting. (laughs) It's so fun. I hope you all enjoyed this episode as well. And again, as always, we'd love to know your thoughts. What do you like? What do you not like? Let us know. Let us know on Instagram at that Christian podcast. Yeah. And yeah, just to reiterate what we always reiterate, we're just chatting away. It's, and um, 
we'd love to have you involved in the conversation in that. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is you can help us contribute to the running costs of the podcast at our Buy Me A Coffee link, which is in the description. But thank you so much. To The most important thing is we're so thankful that lots of you listen every week yeah. and enjoy our nattering on. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.